He's the great I am. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for your son. We just thank you so much, Lord, for this time of year that we can honor what you've the greatest gift. Scripture says, thank you for that unspeakable gift. It's, it's such a wonderful gift, we can't describe it. And we thank you, Lord, for it today, and we just ask you to bless this time as we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read the Christmas story. We get to do this. It's an honor to get to, to read this. I want to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. <clears throat> As the angel appears to Mary, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. A virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto her, this, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, our cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. <clears throat> For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice, saying, Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of the womb, and whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And he that is mighty hath done great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And he has showed strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. And he hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted those of low degree. And he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. And he hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our father, to Abraham, to his seed forever, and Mary abode with her for three months and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full term came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and their cousins heard how the Lord has showed great mercy upon her and rejoiced 
And it came to pass on the eighth day, uh, it came to circumcise the child, and they called Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother said, Not so, he shall be called John. And they said, There is none of thy kindred called John. And they made a sign of his father how he would have him called. And as he was asked for a writing table, he wrote this saying, His name is John. And they marveled. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake, and praised God. And fear came all that dwelt round about, and the sand were noised about throughout the whole hill of Judea. And as they that heard him laid them in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now I'm going to go ahead and read this part too, because listen to the words of what it was prophesied that Jesus was going to be. And his father, you know, I just want to honor what he came to do for us. We forget it so much at this time of Christmas because we get so hectic and busy. But I'm telling you, he came for a purpose. He came for a purpose. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. See the word redeemed? And hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be what? Now catch this. Jesus came to save us from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham, that he would grant to us, catch this, that we being delivered out of the hands of our enemies might serve him without what? Fear. In holiness, in righteousness, before him all the days of our life. That's what salvation is to us. That we should what? Serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him every day of our life. And the child grew and now shall be called a prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. To give the knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. See, Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He came first to his own and his own received him not, John said. But then as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. It says, through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day springs on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our paths, our feet, in the way of what? Peace. Because he's called the what? Prince of peace. Of the increase of his Kingdom and peace, there is no end. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first when when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judah and the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house and lineage of David's, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in the manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And lo, the angel came upon him, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. 
And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what kind of joy? What is this time of year supposed to be for us as we remember what he's done? Great joy. Not just joy. Great joy. 2,000 years men lived in darkness till the Son of God was born upon this earth, which is to all people. For unto you is born this day. Who's he born for? You. What is he saying? This gift came for you. And he says, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. So what is this supposed to be a time of? Peace, goodwill towards men. Peace, goodwill towards men. Goodwill to each other. All right. Keep that in mind. Came to pass as the angels was gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherd returned, glorifying, praising God for all things that they had heard and seen it was told unto them. And were eight days accomplished for the uh, circumcision of the child. His name was called Jesus, which was so named by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of it. All right. We're here. We're honoring him this day. And when the day of her purification, according to the law of Moses, was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opened the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same was a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should see, not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. I bet that was interesting. He came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him, him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let you, your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. I want you to see that prophetic word there. See, we wasn't even in a picture there, but it's there. A light to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them. And Mary said, Mary. And said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through your own soul, also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary, did you know? She pondered all these things. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of whoever that is, 
of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, when he, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake to him of all that look for the redemption of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And when they had performed all things according to the law, they returned unto Galilee in their own city Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Hallelujah. Thank God for that unspeakable gift. Ephesians 2 says, For Christ is our peace, who has made us one and has broken down the middle wall of petition for us. You know, as I was meditating on that verse when she was great with child, I don't know how this happens, but some of you will understand. Isaiah chapter 6, 66, there was a verse come into my mind. Now catch this verse. It says, before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pains came, she was delivered of a man-child. Isn't that interesting, that little verse is stuck there in Isaiah? Because it's talking about Christ's kingdom later. And I want you to see something. You know, when Eve, Adam and Eve fell and they sinned, what did God, God say to Eve? Because you've obeyed the voice of Satan. says, you're going to, in sorrow shall you conceive and bring forth children. Right? And that word sorrow is in pain. But I believe Mary conceived Jesus. And this verse was her. Before she even travailed, she brought forth. Before her pains came, she brought forth a man, child. That curse was not on Jesus. It was not on Mary. Can you handle that? Now, what does it say next? Catch this. Who hath heard such a thing? Or who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth to me be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? The birth of Jesus. Think about what it did. It says all Israel shall be saved in one day. What, isn't that what it says? The whole earth shall be brought. A nation shall be brought forth in one day. What day was that? When Jesus came. I see the wheels turning. For as soon as Zion travails, she brought forth children. Shall I bring to birth and not cause it to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause it to bring forth and, and from the womb, saith God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice with her, all ye that mourn for her, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. What is all this talking about? Catch it, what we just talked about. And it says, And ye shall suck and be born upon her knees and be dangled upon her knees. Now check verse 13 out. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted in Jerusalem. You remember Isaiah chapter 40 when God called John? He says what? He says, Comfort ye, my people. They've suffered enough. They have suffered enough. And then the next verse said, Behold, John the Baptist, go forth and proclaim his coming, what we read earlier. 
And when you see this, your heart will rejoice and your bones shall flourish like an herb and the hand of the Lord shall be known towards his servants and his indignation towards his enemy. Amen? I'd never caught that before. That curse was not on Mary. Before she travailed, she brought forth. You know, we're living in a time You know, think of what Christmas really meant to the world. I mean, this is salvation. This is the greatest gift. This is redemption. And you see this. What it, what it says, peace on earth, goodwill towards all men is what Christmas is all about. And I couldn't help but thinking how the thief comes, but not to what? Still kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Enjoy in this life. And what has the thief done here at Christmas? You know, we was talking about it in the coffee shop this morning. You know, on on the, used to just be Black Friday, but now it's Gray Thursday. Right after being thankful to God, we have the first day of going out and buying presents, so we can we can be in be in, in joy and goodwill towards each other. But most of your major stores have to have policemen to keep to break up the fights as people are fighting over all the gifts that they're going to give each other at Christmas to rejoice in their Christmas gifts. And the best gift that's always been given to us is totally ignored. You know, John G. Lake said, if hell has a, a characteristic, it's that of distractions. It's that of distractions. He's come to deceive us to de- from the original purpose. Remember in, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. But remember the word cares is distractions in the Greek. His number one job is to distract you from the real purpose of why Christ came and what Christ came to do. And how does he do it? Through all the mass distractions. You know, in John twenty-one thirty-four, we was laughing about it this morning coffee shop. I had never preached on this, but I thought this would be a good day. Says Luke twenty one thirty four says, Take heed lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeit and drunkenness and the cares of this world, so that that day come upon you unaware. And says, For a snare will it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth, but watch and pray that you may be able to escape all these things and stand before the Son of God. Well, the Message Bible says this, But be on your guard. Don't let the, the sharpened, the, the uh, sharp edge of your expectations get dulled by parties, drinking, and shopping. (laughs) Let me read it again. Be on your guard. Don't let the sharpness of your expectations get dulled by all the parties and all the drinking and all the shopping. Eugene did good, didn't he? What have we done with Christmas? All the parties, all the drinking, and all the shopping. Now, I don't know. I just, my wife's delivered me from all the shopping hassles. I don't have to go out there like a lot of you have to go out there. But I happened to go in the store Friday as I was in Amarillo to do something, and I was blown away of all the chaos and the, the stuff going on, the going around the buying and all the stuff. What has that created? It's, it's created such a mass distraction from the original purpose of trying, and why? It's because of all the false expectations that's been around Christmas 
And we've lost sight of what it's for. Don't shout me down. Why do we have so much conflicts here at Christmas? Most of our lives are lived in stress and pressure all day long, all year long. Amen? That's distress. And he's talking about snare. It's going to come on how many of you dwell on the face of the earth? Oh, as a snare, it's coming. The added stress of Christmas, the added stress of finances and all the things that's got to be done has just compounded the pressure that's going on during Christmas. We come, and what happens at Christmas, the, and it's a fact, we become more emotional, reactive in our responses. Stress causes your muscles to tense up, your bodies to break down. What do we need to do? When you feel that coming on, you stop and take a stress break. Be still and know that he's God. Just be still and know what is the purpose of all we're doing now. Let's take a stress break to get away from all that stuff because it's on every one of you. It's on every one of us, the pressure that goes on. And see, what was meant to be good has been moved to what's not exactly good, is it? It's good, but look how, how it's been distorted by all the stuff that's going on around you. Ah, take a stress break. What he says, and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Next thing, at Christmas time, our expectations are way too high. The seeds of discontentment are in our expectations. We have unrealistic expectations of what this time of year is all about. We expect people to do what we think they should do. We want to, this, to be the center of our focus, forgetting all the demands uh, that everybody's placing on each other. Next thing. Why are we so prone to self-pity during holidays? I'll be home for Christmas. How many of you like that song? But when that song comes on, I'll be home for Christmas, what starts happening in a lot of us? A lot of depression, a lot of people, a lot of emotional reactions to all you went through as a child, all you went through because of the fall of Adam. I'll be home for Christmas like Coming home for Christmas will fix all that. But you know what? Coming home for Christmas, don't fix all that. We do call a truce like we call this morning. Maybe a couple of days of a peace. Uh, Alan was talking about how in the, in the war between the Germans and, and all that, there was a two-day truce with a truce with a, they come out of the foxholes for two days and celebrated Christian, uh, Christmas, the Germans and all the other soldiers, for two days. Talked and fellowshiped around Christmas, and then they went back in the trenches and started fighting again. But that happens a lot during Christmas because there's a lot of stuff that's been built up in there. You know, but one of the things, we've got to see something here. The only way you can escape all those things, God said, I'll give you a new heart. It's a Christmas heart. It's a thankful heart. He said, Jeremiah 24... He says, I'll give you a heart to know me. That's a new heart. That's a new Christmas heart. 
And what does he say in Proverbs 4? It says, keep your heart with all what? Diligence. For out of that heart comes all the issues of life. Comes out of that. And you know what? It's, it's hard to keep that heart when you've got all this stuff pressing and going on around you. Isn't that true? You know, it says, having these promises, dearly beloved, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And all the stress and pressures that come affect us. But we need to have times where we just stop and, and be still and remember what this is all about. And, and see that all these things are going on in our lives. You know, the suicide rate elevates during the, this time of year. Because of the self-pity and all the depression and all the stuff that goes on. Another thing that happens is shortage of money. You know, we need to be honest about what we can afford and not afford. And our kids need to understand that. Because kids have such high expectations and the pressure from parents to make sure they get what they want creates financial problems that last for the next two or three months to pay off the bills. Give me an amen out there. But we've lost sight of the purpose of this. You know, the three wise men didn't come to get gifts. They came to give gifts. Hello? We've reversed the thing pretty well, 180 degrees, haven't we? You don't need to get in a bondage. Christmas should be an extension of thanksgiving, thankfulness for what he's given us, and especially for what he's given us with his son. You know, we live in the new age generation. What is that new age generation? I want it now. I mean, you owe it to yourself. Do yourself a favor. You only go around once. It's mine. I want it now. How many of you have heard that commercial? It's yours. I want it now. And it's because of that I want it now thing that's creating such pressure and stress that we've been. But you know what? He's already given it to you now. Everything you need in Christ Jesus has already been given to us freely in him. We want it now. We have babies. We used to have babies get so excited about seeing whether it's going to be a boy or girl. Not anymore. We got to know as soon as we can if it's a boy or girl. We can't wait. Because we got to prepare the room. We got to buy all this stuff. And we need to know if it's a boy or a girl. We can't wait. We can't wait for sex. We want it now. We can't wait till we get married. Don't shout me down. We can't wait till we get money. We've got to go in debt so we can have all the things we want now. We can't wait till we can afford it. Our government's the world's worst. If we all run our lives the way the government runs their lives, we'd all be in a real mess, wouldn't we? But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Impatience comes from the demonic one. Being impatient, not being able to wait. Impatience messed it up for Martha. Martha was so busy trying to fix sandwiches that Jesus didn't order, she missed the party. She said, Jesus, would you tell my sister to get in here and help me? Because I'm in here working my little tail off, trying to fix sandwiches that you didn't order. Didn't she? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. 
How many of us get a little anxious and troubled about many things? If you're not anxious and troubled before you go out, by the time you hit the mall, you are anxious and troubled. Right? But he says, one thing, Martha, is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part that shall not be taken from her. She chose to sit at his feet. See, we need to learn how to take a break and see what's more important. (sighs) Waiting on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord, Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen. Psalms 37, 9 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. They that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Let the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. What did Jesus say? Blessed are the what kind of makers? Peacemakers. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give out of you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He said, in my Father's house are many rooms. You don't have to worry about it. I'm going to prepare a place and I'll come and get you. So just let not your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. And he says, I give you my peace I give you. See, the peace he gives us is his peace, not as the world gives. How many of you know the world can't give you peace? The closest the world can give you is peace is what the peace you get from taking all the drugs that you don't need and the alcohol you don't need. And that's a false kind of peace that the world's looking for to bring some kind of peace to all this trouble and this turmoil that's going on inside. But we need a peace break, everyone. He said in the Old Testament, he said, Oh, that you had hearkened to my commandments. Then would your peace have been as a rivers of water, your peace. And he says, there is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. They're like the troubled sea. See, and that's the spirit that's in this world that we all go out into this world trying to enjoy this, and that's what you hit head on with. But when you're born of Adam, that's the only kind of peace you know. It's the only kind of stuff you know. But see, he's come that we might have this kind of eternal life, and the fruit of it is his peace forevermore. Amen? Hallelujah. So you got to let the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts. Well, I've got another page and a half, but I think I've said enough. Amen? You know, so the next few days, try to let the peace of God, the reason he came, the Prince of Peace came, is to give us peace. And, and try to enjoy what's going on for this day and be thankful for what he's doing. And if you have to go to the malls, you know, there's a scripture in Ephesians tells you what to do to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the malls when you go. Isn't that Ephesians 6? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Huh? Those are important things because that's for this world you're in. And you know what I think? There's another thing. You know, when we went to Africa, I honestly say, I've never experienced it. We've gone all over the world and never experienced this. But when we went to Africa and we went to Uganda... God put a supernatural bubble around us all the time we was gone for two weeks. You could, you could physically feel this bubble around you of protection and, and just comfort. And, you know, it wouldn't hurt to pray when you go out into this mess. Say, God, just feel, put that bubble around me of your, your peace and your rest. And as soon as we got back to America, the bubble left. 
But you know what? I know Jesus didn't leave and the Holy Spirit didn't leave. But what we experienced while we was there did leave when we got back. It's awesome. And so I know it's there. I've experienced it and walked in it. And so we can live and, and have a joyful time this time of Christmas without letting all these distractions get you. Remember, remember, the number one distraction, number one, is that's Satan's job, is to distract you. You want to preach the rest of these three pages? Okay. I just want to say one thing. Okay. Here it is. Um, I just... Uh... <laughs> All this week and uh, for, for quite a long time, I, this has just been going over and over and over in my head. And um, I want to read this to you, John 1. One In the beginning was the word Jesus. Jesus is that word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Now let's go back over to First John. I mean, not First John. John 1, 14. And the word, the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. So this Christmas season, just think of that. I've been I've been just meditating on that and thinking on that. The word that was in the beginning, the word Jesus, he became flesh and dwelt here among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I just want to Dorman, come up here. I just want us to just uh, yes. pray a prayer, a blessing, Christmas blessing on you, that, that the peace of God will be upon you this Christmas, and that the joy of the Holy Ghost will be filling your homes and filling your families. Amen. Joy and peace of believing. Amen. You know, we talk about exchange. The Word became flesh and what? Dwelt among us. What is the exchange? The flesh became the word. Yeah. Our flesh became the word. Mm-hmm. See the exchange? The word became the flesh, so the flesh became the C- word. Could become the word, yeah. Okay. Catch Amen. That? Amen. The word became flesh, so the flesh could become the yeah. word. Yeah. That's the exchange life. Amen. Saints, last Sunday night I went uh, to a small Christmas party out at my mom's uh, church, and um, they showed a documentary, and it was over the appearance of the star of Bethlehem. And this documentary was put together just by um, not an astronomer, but by a lawyer who he was, he was a born-again Christian, but he became very interested in what happened in the appearance of that star. And he began to go back through the history and put together a chronological study. And with the help of astronomers, showed what happened whenever on the, uh, on the night that Christ was born. Is there were about 12 planets and constellations that all came into line that night and hovered over Bethlehem. And they hovered. Remember, the, the, Jesus's, the star didn't cause Jesus' birth. The star appeared to declare the birth of the Lord. 
And he believes that these wise men came from, Nebuchad- uh, came from Daniel's school of astronomy that was situated, you know, around Baghdad, somewhere in there in the Babylonian kingdom. So these wise men, although they may have came from, from a non-Christian Muslim country, they probably had Jewish roots and understood what happened when all these constellations lined up. And um, if anybody would like to watch it, I'll get the name of it so you can write by it because it is very, very good. And it, it explained how all these constellations, Leo, Virgo, all these, these weren't named by astrologers. These were named by our Heavenly Father, and they were put there by him. And the constellation Leo, which is the line who Jesus came from, the line of the tribe of Judah, was the one that declared the light that night over Jerusalem. And I was sitting in this just little country Baptist church having my own Holy Ghost service. And so I just want to declare over each and every one of you that the star that shone over Bethlehem that for the year 2014, that you become in divine alignment for the divine shining in the alignment of what God has for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because he came as a light to the Gentiles. That's right. That's Amen. us. Amen. Go ahead and pray. Lord, I just thank you that this Christmas season is going to be filled with all of your presence. The joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. Lord, I just thank you that it's going to be touching every member of our families. And Lord, that the peace of God would reign in our homes. And that nothing is going to distract us and upset us like Dorman preached. It is going to be you, the incarnate word, the word of God dwelling among us. And I believe, Lord, that you can supernaturally keep us in that peace and that joy. And that that Satan, you will not distract us. You will not pull us back into out of out of that. And I just thank you, God, for that blessing upon each and every family here. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. 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 And I just want to give you a report real quickly. Uh, Braden is home recovering. And uh, pray for him. Uh, Kent is home recovering from both of them, surgery, back surgery on Kent, knee surgery on Brayden. So pray for both of them. They're both in, uh, and I don't like to say that, they're both in pain, but just keep praying uh, that God's going to just deliver them. Quick, quick recovery. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name.